there is no substitute for quality time. And you have to start somewhere. So making the most of whatever time it is that you have. We're 18 summers. So we have that natural math equation built in. Just make the most of whatever you do have. If you have five years, if you have 18 years, Hello and welcome to The Daily Helping with Dr. Richard Schuster. Food for the brain, knowledge from the experts, tools to win at life. I'm your host, Dr. Richard. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, and whatever you do, this is the show that is going to help you become the best version of yourself. Each episode, you will hear from some of the most amazing, talented, and successful people on the planet who followed their passions and strive to help others. Join our movement to get a million people each day to commit acts of kindness for others. Together, we're going to make the world a better place. Are you ready? Because it's time for your Daily Helping. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Daily Helping Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Richard. And I am honored to have two amazing people on my show today. Jim and Jamie Shields help busy professionals create deeper, more connected, more meaningful relationships with their spouses and their children so they can have the family life they always imagined. As successful entrepreneurs with a family of six, Jim and Jamie speak all over the world, guiding others in igniting their family life as they grow and nurture their business life. Through their book, the Amazon bestseller, The Family Board Meeting, and their entrepreneur, family-serving organization, 18 Summers, Jim and Jamie are helping to transform families and show them how to make the most of the time they have together. A very timely episode. Jamie, Jim, welcome to The Daily Helping. It is great to have you guys here. Thank you so much, Dr. Richard. Yeah, thanks for having us. Good to be here. I love, as I was saying before we hit the red button here, I love doing a couple interviews because they're so much fun. And you guys are doing such incredible things. But I'm wondering, what was the impetus for starting the work you're doing, for starting 18 Summers, for doing this? Because everybody talks about, oh my God, work-life balance, working so hard. But few people actually say, all right, I'm going to address this problem. So why did you guys do it? What's really beautiful about our family story, Dr. Richard, is that we're a blended family. And so, so much of our purpose and our why in in our frameworks and our rhythms are born out of the need for us to become a whole family. So I was in a previously bad situation and had full custody of my two boys. And when Jim and I fell in love, he also, he didn't fall in love with one person at a time. He fell in love with three persons at one time, which really makes him, you know, that much more of an incredible human. And as we started to bring our family together, Jim wanted to get closer and closer to our boys. And so he created the family board meeting, the the board meeting framework as a way to connect. And as he shared this rhythm along the way, just what we were doing naturally as an entrepreneur family, other people said, tell me more about this. Hey, you should speak on that. How about writing a book? And we did. I mean, I was nursing a newborn on a futon floor at 3 a.m., publishing the family board meeting that was purely born from our heart. And then we realized, wow, it's not just this framework. It's all the frameworks. And it's just, again, born out of us wanting to be deeper with our own children, us to be deeper with one another, and then just sharing that as a mission. Before the family board meeting existed, 
you know, were, was your household the typical entrepreneurial household? The laptops always opened meetings, no matter what time of day, no matter what time zone the other person was in. Were you guys really the, that family that was burning the candle on both ends and trying to you know, do helicopter parenting? I, I think so. I think, the, again, you, you, you usually step up into something that you really needed yourself at first. So I think we were, you know, I was running two businesses that had come out of the 08 meltdown, you know, in real estate investing. And, you know, that was a pretty intense time. Uh, so we, we not only had that busyness, but right when, you know, Jamie and I were, you know, getting married and I was adopting the boys, my father needed a kidney. So I ended up donating a kidney to my father. That was a major thing. So we just, we had a lot going on. So the, I had to, I needed these principles for me. So yeah, we, we realized we needed them, but kind of the old, you teach it, you own it. And we do it without perfection because I don't think there's any perfect family out there. But, but we tried to hold ourselves to these things and talk about them so we would do them more. I want to go into, in a little bit, the framework of what's involved in the family board meeting. But I'm curious, Jamie, because there's a word you used two times so far, and it's rhythms. And so Talk to us about rhythms and in the context of what it means with what you guys are doing. So rhythms are just, you know, if you think about even in nature, there's seasons. So we know what to expect. And you say winter, you know, okay, in winter, it's, well, unless you live in Florida, I guess. (laughs) Winter, you know, it's cold or it snows in winter. In rainy season, it rains. In the spring, you know, there's certain things that even, you know, nature tells us, here's the rhythm to things. Here's what to expect. Here's the cadence your home, your day, your life, everything has a rhythm. And and so if you take those natural things that are already there, but then you think, how can I harness what we already do? How can I harness these patterns and these synchronicities and create, you know, some people would call it a schedule. We're not as rigid to call it a schedule because a, a schedule is something that happens on a certain timeline. A rhythm is something that happens on as, as in, gosh, like a rhythm or a cadence. So Mondays, is Mexican Monday in our house. Fridays is Pizza Friday. On Sundays, all the family comes over and we just have an extended time together. We tech fast, which is something that we talk about a lot as well in our work. Just taking periods of time to be away from your electronics. That's another rhythm we have in our home. That's two hours every day, the same time every day. And so it's not something necessarily that we say is, okay, we do at one o'clock, we do this at two o'clock, we do this at four o'clock. It's not like we're filling our entire day with a punch list, but we choose a couple of things, family meetings on Sundays, you know, a couple of rhythms that just set the tone, give everyone an expectation and, and sometimes something to really look forward to and hold tight because it's those consistencies. When you know what to expect, you can really stretch into a space, you can feel more comfortable and more confident knowing what's coming next. Those are just a couple of rhythms, you know, to throw out there. You can go even deeper with your hours, boundaries, and expectations of what hours you'll be working so that the family knows what to expect. So a rhythm is just some a consistent thing that you stick to that lets everyone know what's coming next. And there's so much good stuff to unpack in there. I love the tech fast. I I think that's one of the most important things we can do is actually go into our router and just shut it off. (laughs) And and people have no choice but to look at each other in the face in the home. So I'm curious, uh, Jim, as you were developing this framework, was this trial and error? Was this interviewing other people who were busy entrepreneurs and struggling? Was there research? How did you come up with the framework itself? 
Yeah, that's an interesting question. I think I just pieced together a combination of things I wish I had had as a kid and conversations that always stuck with me. You know, one of our main principles is the one-on-one principle. You got to separate the parts of strength in the whole. That's what strengthens a family, I think, is when you have individual one-on-one time together. It's just so important. It rarely happens. And I remember uh, being with some business friends and mentors of mine, and they were having a conversation. One of them said, you know, I've started to spend one-on-one time with my kids, and it's just, it's, it's a game changer. The conversation, the connection, the depth. And so that one just stuck with me. And so I had certain things stick with me. And also, again, my own experiences. What did I wish I had? I didn't have that as a kid. And then it was very obvious to me from the research that I was doing, what was overrunning families? And it was the fact there was this pride of the entrepreneur to never shut off. You can reach me at three in the morning. Go ahead and text me. I've learned that is, that's a recipe for a lot of disaster uh, for deeper family relationships. So tech fasting, that was something that I had read about. So it was a mixture of my own research, but also things that I wish that I had when I was young. I want to clarify something, if I may, around the one-on-one principle. So are you advocating a parent spend one-on-one time with each children, or is it one child or one parent to all the children at the same time? Well, again, dividing up in different ways is great. I'll, I'll just hang out with me and my older boys. Jamie will just hang out with our two younger children. So we divide up in lots of different things. But what I'm talking about here is one-on-one. One parent, one child. Me and Jamie. So date night, last night, like if you had said, wow, it's Dr. Richard, but he wants to do the interview Wednesday night between 5.30 and 8.30, we'd say, I'm sorry, Dr. Richard, that's date night. So that's, you know, we're, we're not available that night. So that's an important time for me and Jamie, but each child, every child's different. I don't need to tell you that with your background, like every child's different. And how do we really uh, support that individuality if we're not with them in individual time? So I believe each parent has to spend individual time one-on-one, no siblings, no best friends, no uncles, none of your friends, just one-on-one. You want to talk about putting the magnifying glass on the relationship in a positive way. The one-to-one principle is so important and so overlooked. I love that. So is that the is that the starting point for the foundation for the board meeting framework? That is the starting point. Okay. That is the starting point. So I think with that, along with that, it's that which we schedule gets done, Dr. Richard. That that which we schedule gets done. And if you don't schedule these times, then they rarely will happen. That would be like you saying, I have some of my biggest clients that I've met with for years, but I'm not going to schedule them. They might show up or I'll call them. It just wouldn't even make sense for your profession. So to bring a little bit of that home, I schedule this quality time, this one-on-one time with Jamie and each of my children. And then that one-on-one is, it is so different. Once people realize and go, I've met entrepreneurs that say, I've never actually had four hours uninterrupted one-on-one with my child. Wow. And, and it's, it's shocking, but it happens. And you know, the things that you've been sharing thus far, you know, shutting off the electronics and scheduling things and the one-on-one time, you know, I, I'm sitting here nodding my head. Yeah, that's really intuitive. This, this makes good sense. I'm wondering, as you built out this framework, is there anything that surprised you that maybe not seemed intuitive right away, but, but really had a powerful impact? I think something that surprised me was setting this stage with scheduling it, getting one-on-one, turning off the phone. 
what I call decompression, where you get taken out of here and you go, and you feel less distracted, more vulnerable. That's when things would be said by me that, you know, naturally, Dr. Richard, I'm not a person that shares feelings, you know, grew up in North Jersey and Irish Catholic family, your right arm could be falling off and everything's fine. You know, that's kind of the, and for me, it's the way I started to open up and give some genuine compliments and even some sincere apologies at that time, especially with my older boys and to see how they would respond to that. I didn't expect to be so decompressed to open up these channels. So the decompression was a huge thing for me where I was able to say things that I probably, I really didn't want to say. It felt uncomfortable. I really wanted to throw up, but I'm so glad that I did. Jamie, same, same question for you. I'm curious, what were the kind of unexpected things that came out of this? So I think one thing that's important to describe right now too, is that, you know, the framework is a once a quarter. So the intention is once a quarter, you plan this one-on-one time with your children. For us, we're a little, I don't want to use the word greedy, but I really enjoy dating my husband. And so we do once a week, we have date night because we truly believe everything else comes from, from the top down, truly. So if we're connected, if we're setting that leadership tone, we're really able to further bring that into our family. So for the board meeting strategy, it is once a quarter with each of your children one-on-one. So some things that were unexpected for me is that you really get to see your child's personality. What do they love that maybe you didn't notice because it was such a small play in their life when we're in a big group, you know, because we have four children and we also have foster children for the last year. And so sometimes you miss these subtle things or a passion ignite. But when you're one-on-one and you hear what they're talking about, like really hear what they're talking about, or when they are planning the day, because that's another part of the board meeting strategy is they get to plan the day you find out what they're passionate about. So our oldest has been interested in fishing pretty much his entire life. And he's on track to have his captain's license. Like the day he turns 18, he's been working really hard on getting all those hours. And it's something that we easily could have said, no, bud, the whole family doesn't want to go fishing. No, nobody else likes fishing. Who wants to, you know what I mean? And he could have really gotten buried in all of the other bigger personalities because he's not our biggest personality in the house. And so when we get one-on-one with him and we say, what would you like to do? And it's always around the water. We realize this is something we need to pay attention to, dump gasoline on, light that match, and in any way that we can support this kid on the water. And so it really just gave that space for us to see what each of them is, are excited about. Hey guys, Dr. Richard here. For the past seven years, I've been privileged to bring you incredible guests who are changing the world and can help you become the best version of yourself. I'm really excited to share with you a new quiz that I created based on my clinical training that will curate for you a custom list of my top episodes and actionable strategies to help you wherever you are on your journey. All you need to do is go to drrichardschuster.com to take it, and it's 100% free. You'll be taking the next step on the journey to unlocking the power of you. And I can't wait to see where you'll go. I love that. And, and, you know, we have been through challenging times. And and I'm wondering, you know, as you've been living this experience and practicing what you write and what you speak about, 
How have you been able to address you know, the external stressors, kids you know, handle what's going on with the pandemic in different ways, obviously, depending on maturity and age and a variety of other factors. Tell us how you've utilized the framework to help bring normalcy into your household during this time. That's a great question. So really making the space for each of us to have that time for the door to be open, to realize one thing that we've worked greatly with our clients over the last year is that so often we don't think that everyone in the house has been traumatized. We realize, oh, well, we had to bring our work home and I'm trying to provide and make sure that the office doesn't, you know, that our whole company doesn't go under and I still have to pay the mortgage. We think about all these big people stuff without taking into consideration our children have been traumatized. Everyone in the home has been traumatized by what's happened in the last year, whether it's losing contact with their friends who they're used to seeing every single day, going from being a visual learner in a classroom, really thriving off of that teacher training them to now being, it's just you setting your own schedule on a computer. I mean, there are so many things that have changed, not just for us, but for our children. And using this framework and some of our other frameworks where we have simple questions like at dinner each night, it's what was the best part of your day and what was the weirdest part of your day? And that really gave the space for each person at our table to say, like our toddler, the weirdest thing about today is that I still haven't hugged granny and poppy, you know? And then then it just opens up for everyone at the table to be like, yeah, you know what? That does really suck, you know? And to just get into that conversation, you never know what they're going to come up with, toddlers to teens in our house. And so really using these frameworks to see each of them as an individual helps you know in these uncertain times where maybe they're hurting, where you can pour in more, how you can ask those questions and and be a little more present with the awareness that we're all walking our own path through it. I love that. I really think that's such great advice. And I I want to certainly give some space to talk about 18 summers because I know that's so important in what you're doing. So kind of the same question I asked in the beginning, you know, what was the reason you guys started doing that? I found Dr. Richard there were so many things. And we run in similar entrepreneurial circles. That's how we were introduced. There's a lot of great information out there to ignite your business, to support your business, to help bring your business through a tough time. There's very little out there in that same type of framework or availability for, for keeping your family life strong while you're building a business. There just wasn't anything out there. So we just said, you know, we're not going to be able to do this perfect, but we can take a stab at this. You know, we're, we're a work in progress and we can share what we're going through, what works, what doesn't. So we just thought there was a need to support entrepreneur families. There just didn't seem to be something that as you grow your business, can you grow your family? Because it used to be sacrifice your family and grow your business and get back to them. And we, we didn't like that. And we saw some really bad case studies of that. So we, we just took it on, you know, with my combination of alternative learning and entrepreneurship and Jamie's background and Waldorf and Montessori education, we just started to, to put out some simple stuff that people said, hey, that was really helpful. And we go, really? It was? Okay, it helped us. We didn't know it helped you. So it was very grassroots. And it just turned into a book and then be invited to speak and then hosting our own retreats. And we wanted to, our whole goal is always to keep it very simple. We want it to be easy to understand, easy to apply, and to see real results. That's why our frameworks, our rhythms are very simple. Even our name, 18 Summers, everyone gets it. You know, it was a mentor of mine that taught me that said, just know 
my daughters are still my daughters. He was in his seventies, great shape, had a great family life. But he said, it's different now. Take hold of those first 18 years. If you make the most of them, you'll be able to get more time with them. It'll mean more. You set such a foundation in your family in those first 18 years that you won't have the option, uh, the opportunity to do as strongly when they're adults. And to put that, I got put in touch with a, a research report that showed that the average person will spend 85% of all the quality time they ever have with their child by the end of their 18th summer. Because after that, they start to go on into adulthood and, and onto their own things. So 18 summers was just a need. We felt that maybe we could teach some simple things that won't get people all the way there, but maybe get them 80%. Yeah, it's the kind of thing where particularly I know you speak a lot to entrepreneurs that there's just a mindset of heads down, push through, build an empire, right? Like those are kind of the tenants and you blink and your kid's off to college. And so I love the fact that it's in your face, 18 yeah. summers, you know, and you can, you know, I thought about that just with my own kids as I, you know, as I was reading some of your stuff, preparing for this show and I was like, my God, like my kids are already eight and six. Like, and as I'm doing, I can do math, that kind of math. Dr. Richard, we, uh, I adopted my two oldest at seven and five. So when I heard that, I felt like I was behind the eight ball. It was a positive motivation to say, yeah, he's only seven, but you've already lost seven. You only have 11 left. And now yeah. that gives a, a really clear awareness of, of how finite time can be. And I think that can develop an appreciation for it, not a fear. No, I agree. And I, I want to ask, this is more kind of a, because 18 summers really kind of, I mean, it's for all parents, but really your focus is, is entrepreneurs to a large degree. And so a lot of my listeners are entrepreneurs or solopreneurs are thinking about it. And so everybody around us is telling us, you know, work hard, burn the ships, night and day, be available, whatever. So give us some steps, give us some, you know, tips to really begin embracing. And I know we did it a little bit with the scheduling stuff, but let's, let's be a little more specific about the 18 summers framework and talk about some things that we can really do, you know, to make sure that we make the most of that 85% because it's over quicker than we think. Do you want to start with that one? Sure. Just setting some, you know, not setting down at your next family meeting and saying, all right, we have 47 new things that we're going to implement, but choose one or two that really matter to you. Does it matter to you if your family's at the dinner table five nights a week, three nights a week, two nights a week, you know, start somewhere and choose what that's going to look like. Or if you already sit down with your family, add that best and weirdest in. Add that one question where you go around the table. What's the best part of your day? What's the weirdest part of your day? Another layer, or, you know, again, I try to give a buffet. We're, we're like, take what you want, leave the rest. So at, you can choose, maybe that could be the time in which you tech fast. In our home, we tech fast for two hours each day, which tends to be meal making time, dinner time, and then a little bit of time after. And so just choosing some simple rhythms to add in the family board meeting, you know, really taking, reading that book, implementing the strategies of doing that once a quarter meeting with each of your children one-on-one. That's a huge, important place to start. So you can really see and get to know each of your children and how you can support them better. There's a million of rhythms, but those are a couple that I think, you know, you can really get around quickly, but choose 
one or two things that you've been wanting to get to and implement them. Just start it. I I would just add to that, to, to put a bow over all that. There is no perfect family. Stop putting that perfection clause over your, yourself and your wife and your children, your spouse and your children, that we're going to be the perfect family. I think unconsciously we all do that. And now we've been doing this 10 years. I know you've been doing it a long time. I haven't met the perfect family. It just, it, I don't think it exists. And if we get that word perfection out of the way and realize that family life's not about perfection, it's about bridging our imperfections and simply making the most of the time we have together. I think that it takes a certain pressure off. And now you're not always failing because if you're expecting the perfect family and you have one little mess up, well, then you beat yourself up to all, all ends and that doesn't do any good. So take that pressure of being the perfect family off the table, off of you, off of your spouse, off your kids. And that one thing and starting to put a few rhythms into place, I think you're going to start to feel a deeper sense of simplicity and joy that, that a lot of people aren't giving themselves nowadays. That's beautifully said. I I do want to circle back to what Jamie was just talking about. The tech fast, I'm sure, can be horrifying at first for as many kids as well as the parents. Because I, I, every time you, well, before COVID, would go to a restaurant, you'd see a family of four and everybody's on a screen, right? The kids are on tablets, the parents are scrolling through their phones. And so what advice would you give people who are struggling with that or there's resistance from the kids? What, what's, is it rip off the bandaid, do cold turkey, phase it in? What's, what's kind of yeah. the for that? You start somewhere. You start, start, somewhere start with one doable. hour, start yeah. with a half hour, all at the same time, you know? That, and you don't have to sit around and stare at each other. That's another thing. People are like, I have to hang out with my family for two hours every day, like no thing. And we can't like have a device. But really what it is, is that you're setting this rhythm of expectation that we're not we don't have our heads in our phones. We are available if we choose to be together, but maybe it's just, you know, we might have one kid in a room reading a book, another one taking a nap, some toddlers building. The two of us might go for a walk. You know, you never know what could happen in that amount of time. And dinner time slows down. Yeah, dinner, dinner, dinner a time. A big thing for us was the slowing down at dinner time, Dr. Richard. We found a, a stat that 60 years ago, the average dinner time was just under 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. And today, it's just under 12 minutes. Wow. That's yeah, a big switch. Huge. And then we said, what is causing that? I think we're all rushing off to something. And a lot of the times it's that tech distraction <laughs> or a Facebook thread, an email, a text. Those can all wait a little while longer. And if you just even set that box of an hour a day, I think you start to slow things down. You start to have more conversation. You, you start to get to know each other better instead of being distracted by something that's on that little phone that probably could have waited or you didn't even need to see in the first place. So beautifully said. I love what you've shared. And it is so true, right? I mean, everybody is running off to grab their iPad. What if I missed? Who who posted what? Or, you know, what's on TikTok? And, and it's interesting when you think about the way Europeans eat food, it is like hours, right? And yeah. they're just around the table and it's it's not how quickly can we eat a Big Mac and, and get back on Twitter. So I'm grateful that you shared that. I, and, and really everything you guys have been sharing has been just awesome to hear. And this time has flown by so fast. I have loved having you both on. As you know, I wrap up every episode by asking my guests, and in this this is plural in this instance, what is your 
biggest helping, that one most important single piece of information you'd like somebody to walk away with after hearing our conversation today? So what I want to say is that there is no substitute for quality time. And you have to start somewhere. So making the most of whatever time it is that you have. We're 18 summers. So we have that natural math equation built in, but just make the most of whatever you do have. If you have five years, if you have 18 years, whatever it is, making the most of the time you have, whether you're a single mom working, you know, 10 hour days and you just get two hours at the end of the day or whatever it may be, whatever your life looks like, start somewhere. Think of the da- that difference between quality time, you know, that differentiation of what is quality time and, and just start wherever you can. Well said. What about you, Jim? For me, be quick to apologize. Entrepreneurs out there, we wear our pride on our sleeve and we try to justify or give immunity to ourselves since we're working hard or doing this, you know, for being impatient, being short, not keeping a promise. We'll, we'll almost try to override the responsibility of a, of a sincere apology. And what I've learned is when I apologize quick and sincerely, it takes a 10-minute problem to a 10-minute problem instead of a four-day problem. Uh, so having the humility to give sincere apologies has been a huge part of it. In fact, one of my sons, I'll tell this real quick as an ending joke, my one <laughs> middle son got in trouble and we were going down. He got, I forget what he got in trouble about, but we were sitting there talking to him and, and it was an open conversation and he was being real stubborn about seeing it. And my older son said, like, look, you know, like dad messes up all the time, but he's really quick to do that sincere apology thing. And I'm like, yeah, what what he said. That's awesome. (laughs) Is that a good thing or is that a bad (laughs) kind of compliment? So, but yeah, a sincere apology, I think goes, goes a long way. Yeah. They, they hurt or, or sometimes bruise the ego, but that's usually a good thing too. (laughs) Yeah. Really good stuff. I I love it. Give us a, give us a URL where people can uh, learn more and connect with you guys. So we're at 18summers.com, just the number 18 summers with an S on the end. You can learn all about us on there, our adventure blog to our podcast. Uh, We also have, I think the first uh, chapter of our book is on there that you can download and just get a taste and see if you want to learn more. Lots of great offerings there. And then you can find all of our social media from there. Perfect. And we'll have links to 18summers at thedailyhelping.com for this episode's show notes. So for those of you at the gym, we got you covered. Well, I have really enjoyed this episode. Time flew by. And thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and experience with everybody today. Thank you, Dr. Thank Richard. Thank you, Dr. Richard. This has been a great, great interview. Thank you. It's been great. And I also want to thank each and every one of you who chose to listen to us today. If you like what you heard, go give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That's what helps other people find the show. But most importantly, go out there today and do something for somebody nice, even if you don't know who they are, and post in your social media feeds using the hashtag MyDailyHelping, because the happiest people are those that help others. 